Testing one, two, three. Unique New York. Unique <laughs> New York. The Human Torch was denied a bank loan. What? <laughs> From Anchorman. Oh. The Human Torch was denied a bank loan. Unique New York. Unique New York. My mom, who's a voice actress, would put a pencil in her mouth and she has to practice talking like this. Why? Like for her vocal warm ups. Why would to, like, you have move to move your mouth with around? With a. She'd put a pencil all <laughs> like straight over. Yeah. And then you'd be like, okay. And then you try to talk so you can like move your mouth around to enunciate. Okay. Let's try this. No, I'm really <laughs> bad. Let's do the whole episode. Hi, I'm Craig Steubing. <laughs> <laughs> and then she'd be like, no, I'm <laughs> Okay, you do the whole episode like that, and I'll do it like this. And we'll see how many <laughs> listeners we lose. This is episode four. Five. I'm out of range. Isn't it five? Oh, shit. Is it? I, yeah. I fucked up my story. What if we had our own set of like diabetes curse words? Like instead of like saying holy mother of pearl, we were like holy insulin. Okay. I don't like insulin. Like like holy, holy test strip. Holy A1Z. Jesus Lancet Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Lancet. It's dark. Mother Dexcom. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Out of Range. I'm Craig. I'm Laura. You do the <laughs> description thing. This is your weekly or bi-weekly show about all real things diabetes. You've had a lot of firsts, you were telling me. Diabetes <laughs> first? Is that what you were calling like it? Like diabetes, mist- diabetes first mistakes this week. Dias. Mistakes. Dia. Dia stakes. Dia <laughs> Yeah. Okay, let's start. Well, with it the all first... started when the last time we recorded, what, two weeks ago? Something like that. I went home. My roommate came over to hang out, and my Dexcom said I was going a little high. So I go to test. I, I was like mid conversation with him, and I looked in my purse, and I didn't find my diabetes stuff. So I kind of got distracted. I was like, okay, it's got to be in there somewhere. And then I kept looking. And as he's talking to me, my face just like turns white because I was like, oh my God. I mu- when I th- my first thought, I was like, I must have left everything in my car. No big deal. Yeah, I'll just go down and get it. But I still felt weird about like interrupting him. So I was like, hold on, I just stay right here. I need to run down to my car and get my diabetes supplies. And I go check my car and they're not there. That's an interesting thing too, like when you're dealing with non-diabetics. Right. Wanting to like interrupt I kept putting it off. Like, have you ever been in a conversation with someone and you start going low, but you don't want to be like, like, I need sugar. Let's stop right now and I'm going to go eat and we'll come back. It's really weird. Yeah. So I just end up just going low in this conversation. Totally. And then I'm like, okay, now I'm like. Too low. Yeah. Now I'm 50 and I, everyone is texting me and I have to go eat. Yeah. That's what happened. I knew it was gone. It feels rude, even though it's not. Right. It's like the opposite. It'd be more rude to to die. (laughs) Would it be more rude to die in the conversation? That'd be more um, of an inconvenience than not. But yeah, I I kept feeling bad about that. He had like just come upstairs and I don't know. So then I went and talked in my car and he wasn't there and I came upstairs and I still let him talk. And I was like, hold on. I think that I left my diabetes supplies at my friend's house. And I have never in my life left my supplies anywhere. Ever. And I called you or I texted you and in the group chat with you and James. And James was writing back like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. <laughs> and you weren't texting back. And I was like, oh, my God, he's asleep. It was already pretty late. It was like 11. Well, I, I was asleep, right? I'm trying to remember yeah. this now. Yeah, you were. So and then you called me. Yes, because thank and you God you have me on emergency bypass. So I was like, okay, if I call him. So I think I called once and you didn't answer Really? And then I called, and you answered, and I knew with the sound of your voice I'd woken you up. Because by then it was like 10 o'clock. And it I'm was like, later. I'm like way No, 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 no. It was way later than 10. It was like 11, 11.30. And I was like, Craig, I think I left my diabetes supplies there. And you're like, okay, hold on. I'll come bring them. And I was like, no, no, no. And thank God my Garrett. Um, well, because it was like a black bag, and it was on, on like, your my black, black couch. couch. Yeah. I've switched 
I've since changed colors not of pouches. For, not for that just reason. Just so Laura won't leave her supplies at my place. But think, I mean, it, I mean, it worked out so well. I called Garrett, and he was like, "Oh, I'm about to get off work downtown. I'm just going to swing by." Garrett, your fiance. Yeah, we don't have to say. I feel like, yeah. If this is your first time listening, listening to this Garrett episode. is my fiance. I don't like the word fiance, so we'll just refer to him as Garrett. Um, so he came by and got it. But that was I've never done anything like that. And then, so that's number one. That's number one. Okay, number two. Number two is even worse. What day was this? Friday? It was a couple days ago. It's Friday. For the first time in my life, I switched my short acting and long acting insulin. So I got, I normally eat the same thing every morning and it's like 15 grams. So I get two units maximum. And I got eight units of my short acting insulin. And you were freaked out. Because I What's wasn't, hung- I, w- I, w- I had already been so low that night. So I was like, you know, when you wake up after being so low, I'd probably eaten 10 fruit stripes in the middle of the night. And it was recent, like 6 a.m. And then I woke up at 7.30 and I got this, I didn't even want to eat the 15 grams that I was that I was planning on eating. And then I'm getting the eight units. And it's so funny because now that I switched to a Pedra, the pen color is a lot more similar to my Lantus. Mm. And I know some friends who will use vials for Lantus and then stay with pens for their short acting because they don't want to ever mix them up. And I just never. Yeah. And smart. And I've just and I always wondered, I'm like, why do you do that? And she's like, because I don't want to chance it in my head I'm like I would never do that yeah and I never have and I'm getting it and at like the last click I looked down and I was like oh my god and it was too late and and then I even questioned I'm like are you sure that you just got it because now it's like well you, you still have to get your eight units of long acting so one after another I got eight units of each and then I started freaking out and I had to leave for work in like 45 minutes so I texted you guys and I was like what the fuck do I do and we're just like eat Eat, eat, like eat, eat, eat everything. Eat. I was just so full. Like it'd be one thing if I woke up hungry and I'd be like, okay, that's not yeah. too much. 80 carbs isn't like – like if I had been before where I wasn't splitting my doses and I got 16 units, that would be a t- totally different story. So I guess, I mean, it was it's the like better of the situation. like you go low after you eat. Right. And it's like, oh, I've just so had like dinner. Now carbs. I'm low. So I drank two giant glasses of almond milk, chocolate almond milk. And I think I had a fruit strip. And then I waited. And you had your and my fifteen grams. Yeah, I had like friendly to- toast. I had like toast and eggs. And then I was driving to work, just so paranoid. But the whole day, I was like in the seventies. Yeah, like I wouldn't come up from that. It was just terrifying. I, it was such. A- <laughs> I've heard worse. Yeah, and I know so, I am. I am lucky where I mean I could have gotten way more. It's a good thing you take. It's a good thing I caught you it. Split your Atlantis. Yeah, and it's a good thing I and noticed. You caught it because otherwise. Well, and then if I hadn't have caught it, I wouldn't have got my Lantis. Yeah. Or no, I guess would I would have. have. No, I would have. Lantus? Yeah. No, I, I guess know. I would have gotten my Lantis and then. Maybe you should. we should put like a piece of Oh, tape. no, you're right. I would have gotten two units of Lantis. Maybe. And maybe we would have pulled the Lantis out and then realized. And then rea- yeah. I mean, regardless, it was just like this moment of complete fear. I mean, I follow a few people where I've seen them take like 24 units of short acting instead of long acting. And then they're like at night and then they're just up the entire night. So, I mean, I was able, I drove to work just fine. It was fine. It all worked out. And in my head, I was like, this is either, you're either going to catch this now or your whole day is going to be ruined. you could be like James who has like 200 gram breakfast and then just takes like 40 units of fiasco. Are we going to call James out in every, James is in London right now, so we can say whatever we want about him. (laughs) Hopefully they don't have podcasts in London, so we won't hear And then just like weird stuff, like I put my... Test strips back in, like, I put, I mean, I'm a messy diabetic, so I have, like, everything in one little makeup bag. And I put my test strip case back in, but completely open, and just put it in and zipped it up. And, like, I, I, I guess I knew it was, I don't know, I guess I didn't notice it was open. But then when I opened it, all the whole container was empty, and I, Garrett and I went through every single test strip to find, like, the dirty ones and then the clean ones and put them back. And it was just, like, this weird thing where these are all... I had just never done this before in 23, 22 years of having this. I think it's like a memory. Like, I think my brain is going. When I interviewed Lisa Hepner, who's the producer and director of The Human Trial, she was talking so much about how her memory, how type 1 diabetes has affected her memory. And I was like, oh, my God, I think I have really bad short-term memory, too. And she was like, 
yeah, yeah. She's like, there's a reason. It's, it's from, from your, lows, right? It's from your, she didn't give an exact. She was just like, it's from your diabetes. And I had never put, I had never known to put two and two together. But now that I think about it, I'm like, I think I do. I think like now I'm slowly. I mean, there's no way to know. But like, I'm if just it's like, because of your diabetes, because you right. don't have proof otherwise. Yeah. Have you ever done? Are you been on a pump the whole time? No. I mean, have you ever mixed up the two? The two I don't think so. No. No. I don't think it's a common thing, but you said that Dave's done or we like you know people that have done it before. I know people who have done it before. Uh I know Whitney, Happy Pancreas, she's the one that took like twenty four units I and I and it was like so scary watching units. her whole night. And it was at night, which is like thank God I was like a, you know what I mean? It was daytime, yeah. I could regulate it. Like poor she couldn't even sleep. She was just had to eat what, two hundred and forty maybe grams? Yeah. So yeah, I guess best case of the worst case scenario. That's where you why you keep that. I don't know that bottle of Coke at the back of the fridge. The like, know, oh shit, Coke. It was scary, and then I got a cold. I don't know. I think I'm just losing my mind. And the cold's been. Is that? I, today, don't feel I like, think is today's that like my last day of it. Has that been affecting your blood sugars? No, I don't think so. That's good. Well, I've been really smart. Usually I just – because we have uh, liquid Dayquil and NyQuil at home, and I always forget how it affects me. And when I'm feeling terrible, I'm like, just give me a, give me some of the Dayquil. And then my blood sugar goes so high. So I went out like – you know, I think I had a diabetic tell me to get like Tylenol cold and flu. Did that mess up your ducks coming all? No. That's no. Good. No, it was fine. Good. How was your week? Better than mine? I guess so. <laughs> I mean, I didn't do any of that. So, so, yes. Yes. So that brings up an interesting question for me. You're having all these, like, crazy diabetes moments, right? Um, but you've had type 1 a lot longer than me. It's kind of funny because I always feel like you put me on a pedestal with, like, I do. how well I, like, manage stuff. I do. And people even, like, make fun of the fact that I, like, keep track of like log when everything I ex- well i log everything but i i keep like a notepad like a notes in my note app on my phone mm-hmm. of like when i work out like what i do before i work out for every different exercise so like a short run a long run biking blah 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 so if i ever forget what to do i just open that up and i'm like okay 30 minutes before i do this when it starts i do this et cetera. Et cetera. I don't know. I think I'm just kind of – that's kind of my weird OCD control No, freak. but I think that's – I think because you you didn't have it and then you had it. So you're – well, I guess but you I got, I was only 13. Too. Yeah. I okay, don't really so remember life without it. Like I don't yeah. remember what it was like to just go and eat without thinking about it. Yeah. Um. So here's my question. So I'm even nervous. well, so you've had type one a really long time, right? How long, how many years has it been now? Twenty two ish. So, and I'm twenty six. <laughs> for reference. So how do you deal with the fact that you're gonna have to keep doing this? Probably forever. Um, like how how have you gone this many years? Have you thought about that? Yeah. At some point when you were a kid, you probably yeah, didn't you know think about funny? it. It was just like, oh, this is what I do. And then at no. some point you realize I'm the only one of my friends who does this. And then at some point you're like, oh, this isn't going away. I'm always going to have to test my blood sugar. I th- and even even that's not like the hard part for me. It's not giving a shot. It's not testing my blood sugar. It's like it's, whatever. Like it's a needle. It's constant sucks. Whatever. It's the <laughs> the fuck ups, right? When well, for me, the hardest part is the constant like front thinking of what you're doing, and then the behind all of your daily thinking is your diabetes thinking. I so don't. The fact that it's always on your mind. Yeah. Like, that's the hardest part for me is that I can't, like, sit down and have a conversation. Like, I feel like a schizophrenic. Like, I can't have a conversation without having this whole other conversation to myself in the back of my head. Other so I feel like I'm never, like, fully. Like you can turn it off? No. Oh, no. Ever. No. No, no, no. 
Always. I'm 24 always, 7. Yeah. I'm always thinking mind. about, like, it's like when I wake up in the middle of the night, I'm like, oh, what's my blood sugar? Like, it's a never. I do the same thing. Yeah. I've never, when I sit down and meet someone new, it's like my whole thought is like, okay, when should I check my watch to see what my blood sugar is? Do I need a test? Am I going low? Should I order something to eat? And that's never changed. No. I, but I don't think. Is it worse now than it used to be? I don't know. I, I have never. I don't know if I had like this day where I was like, okay, this is actually it for me. Because, you know, I think there are those people that are diagnosed. Well, I think those are those people, there are those like people that are diagnosed and then change their whole lifestyle and make all these new, really healthy choices and think, well, maybe if I keep at this, it'll It'll get better. Yeah. Or like it'll get easier. Yeah. And I think I. Like, I didn't have this day. Like, I so just... So, like, exercising every day. You're, like, eating, like, cutting keto. out carbs. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I've never... I mean, that's a good question. I've never thought that it was going to go away. So, how do you deal with the fact that... It it's hard. Or have you ever... No, I have... Do you know what's that? funny? When you ask me that, I think of the story. Um, I was raised really Christian. And we were learning about how heaven is eternal and you're there forever. And I remember my best friend, Molly, and I being in the car after this, like, church service. And we were terrified. Like, it was supposed to be this happy message that, like, okay, when you die, you go to heaven forever. And it was supposed to be, like, this very comforting, like, relieving thought for people to have. And her and I were both panicking and freaking out. I remember crying in the back of my mom's minivan being like, forever? You're there forever and ever and ever. And like, that was the scary part where you're like, you're never not like, and I was freaking out. Like, I remember being, I was in tears being like, what do you mean you're there forever? Like that part scared me. Like, and that's the end of like, the journey. Like that's There's it. it but, and you're just there. like constantly, like, I just thought of myself like running on this trip, but like, and, and it was supposed to be this nice thought, but I just was like, pictured myself running in the circle and it never ending. <laughs> And when you just asked me that, it's the same thing. It's like, it, yeah, I mean, I don't, I can, humans really grasp the concept of forever. I think I accepted. I mean, it's not really forever. I think I it's accept the what, 80, until you 90 die. years you. I think I accepted a long time ago. I haven't been one of those type ones that I'm, I, I'm not like waiting for a cure. Yeah. And you don't deny that you have diabetes, like no, and I don't you accept think that you I'm, have it. You live with it, and my my mindset isn't like, well, one day I'm not going to have this. But that's not my question, really. Okay, how do I cope with it? How do you cope with the fact that I'm going to have this forever? Because it's not, you know, the the diabetes itself isn't the hard part. Like we can deal this with is diabetes. Dark. <laughs> it's it's. The crazy lows you get when you're running. It's the lows in the middle of the night. Like those, are, I feel like, are the things that wear me down. It's like when having I, to deal with them or the, the physical effect of them on your body? Just having to deal with them, I think. I mean, yeah, the physical effects. I'm probably low right now. Talking. Because I was low before we started and then I changed my Dexcom. We're both in warm-up test. right now. Craig and I changed each other's Dexcoms to me. It was a first for me. <laughs> See, you had a first too. <laughs> that was my big first. <laughs> no, look, I like everything in life. Um, that I feel like that was my thing this week. I don't. I don't know. I would think I was just having. A, I've been having a lot of lows. Yeah, when you feel like you're in something like I. I mean, I think like we've a, touched on this in in other episodes too, where thing feelings and emotions, especially regarding this disease, come in waves. Like I talked about how I was at that point where I was like every morning I'm waking up just to poke myself and have prick myself with another needle and I was in this like super dark place but now I'm not in that place anymore and I think it just like comes in waves it's never what got you out of that I don't know well remember I said it was like things in my life were going well and then I was focusing all my attention on the one bad as I saw it which was my diabetes and then when things in my life got worse, my diabetes, like, didn't matter. That was just something. So you think I just have to screw up the rest of my life? <laughs> no, and that's not even – that was just, like, my – what, what should personally I do? happened. But I don't know. That's, like, a – I think if I were to really – I mean, if we're being completely honest, if I were to really sit with the fact 
and like really thought about how this is the rest of my life, I'd be in a bad place. But I think I just Let's go there. I think I, <laughs> I think I just keep keep on keeping on. It's weird for me like, to think like you just like wake being... up and you go through the motions, and then you're at the next day. Yeah, and go through the motions. It's weird to me thinking I'd be like eighty years old, and like testing, testing my blood sugar, or like waking up in the middle of the night. Because I think those are the things that I... wear me down when it's like, oh great, I'm low again, mm. and I'm. You know how I am. We already said this. Like, I look at the data. I'm like, okay, I'm going low after I work out at this time of day. What do I do to right. change it? So and I, feel, I slowly make those changes, but it it never goes away completely. And I think like, it might. I think it, it might affect you more for that reason because you are so detail oriented. Where you're like, I did everything right according to the last week's information, and it's still not working. Where for me, I don't pay attention to those details like you do. So I'm like, another day, another low. And you're like, no, this shouldn't be happening because I ate this many carbs before and I temp basil that this much. You know what I mean? So then how do you feel when you get those loads? I feel like you get pretty I just off. get more annoyed. Like, I mean, my biggest annoyance recently is when I get too much insulin for what I eat and I'm super full and then I go low and then I ruin the meal and have to like – eat so much sugar after the meal where I don't remember how good the meal was. But what I was going to say is I think that like different phases of my life too, my feelings will change about this idea. Like I'm sure, like right now it's just me and Garrett living in our place. He takes really good care of me. But when I think about like starting a family, then I'm sure that's going to be a whole other like, okay, there's a crying baby in the other room, but my blood sugar is low. And like I think that might like that scares me. Well, did I tell you? Did I tell the story on here about my nannying experience when she was in the bathtub? Actually, I don't no, want to tell that. I don't think so. But I don't now know if you I should to tell, tell it because she's probably gonna listen to it. Should I say it and then we'll see? Yeah. This was like the first huge because you. I mean, before I was nannying, I was like working at restaurants where I could fit, literally just be like, "Hold on, I need to go in the back," and like my table could wait and survive. But I take care of a two-year-old, and I was giving her a bath, and can't leave a kid in a bathtub. So I'm giving her a bath, and my dax was like a slight arrow down, and then it dropped to like double down, like seventy double down. I was like, "Okay, you're fine." She didn't want to get out. It. I, I mean, the logical thing would have been, like, just take her out of the bath and, like, take her with me to get sugar. But when I got so low, I couldn't think to that point. So I continued with her in the bathtub, and I just felt myself, like, seeing double. And I eventually, like, turned it off. But she likes to get um, – she gets really cold after the bath, so I always put the hair dryer on her so it warms her up. And my low head didn't think, like, maybe skip that step so that you're okay. And I did the whole thing where, like – Took her out of the bathtub, drained the water, did the hair dryer with her, put pajamas on, and then I finally like I was like okay, and I put her down and I tested. I was in the thirties, and it was the first time ever, another first, where I had to choose between like like I couldn't like she would have been in danger if I would have left to go and taking care of myself. It was the first time where someone else's life as well as mine was in danger, and of course I was gonna choose hers. Like it was not even a question. Like. And I know most people would be like, I, like I said, just take her out of the tub. But like I That's wasn't. What they say. My, like, my, my, my the, brain. Put the, the mask over. The mask on you yeah. before you put on someone else. But I couldn't. I mean, I, I didn't think just to take her out. Like we had just gone in and I thought I, I didn't think I was that low. And then I was like, oh, my God, this is really hitting me. And I can't I don't know how I went through. Like when I was when it was said and done, I it was probably more dangerous for me to have done what I did. And it made me think about like, well, if I if I had a kid. Like, in, okay, so say your kid's screaming in the other room and you're so low, what, you treat yourself first and then go get the kid? My instinct would be, like, just to go in the room. Is that I, the thing you struggle with when you think about the future? Yeah. Family, having kids and dealing with it. Yeah, because there are times, too. I mean, I've been dating a while where I was late picking up kids from school because my blood sugar was low. I think it like I don't like when my when I'm affecting other people negatively. 
Like I can handle it. I think it. everyone feels the same. Yeah. Way. So it's like I can handle it if it was just me and I. It's the same thing I was saying about it being in a conversation. Like even when it's your. Right. It's just such an inconvenience. To, like, stop someone's story. I feel like this episode's so serious and like our voices are more serious this episode. <laughs> I don't know. It's not a nice thought. I, maybe I don't like to think about it. Maybe I just don't think about it. Well, it's like, you know, like, so when you're diagnosed, they're like, this is what you're going to have to do every day. But it's not like someone, like, stares you in the eye and they're like, this is forever. Well, they tell you five years, there'll be a cure. See, you and I, though, we're going to get hate for this because neither of us believe a cure is in five years. I I don't think that's the point. I think it's that. At least my thoughts, and this is probably a whole different conversation these are all personal opinions by the way not everyone if there's even if there is a cure let's best case scenario there's a cure not everyone's going to be able to afford a cure right so there's going to be people out there maybe they're in the u.s maybe they're not in the u.s who still have to have type one tell your story about your friend's dad what story? Polio. Oh. Um, so I have a friend who whose dad, uh, he was a kid when they were uh, when the polio vaccine came out. And at the time, they were giving it to like kids in grade school. I think that was the youngest they were doing. Maybe it was like middle school. Because those were the kids they thought were most at risk. And he was younger than that. Like, he wasn't in grade school yet. And so he didn't get the vaccine. And he ended up getting polio. And he, like, just missed it. And, you know, people still around the world, there's still cases of polio. Not really in the U.S., I don't think, in a long time. So he's, like, one of the last people in the U.S., to get polio because he missed the, the vaccine. Yeah. And even if they, yeah, in theory, if they come up with a vaccine for type one, so no one else gets it. We all stop. There might still be people who missed that. <clears throat> right. I think it's the same thing. And people ask me if you could have, cause there are people that do pancreas transplants, mm-hmm. but those people are on crazy drugs for the rest of their lives to make sure that are almost some people say worse than right and people ask me it's so funny of course like i would trade having diabetes for anything but if it were just already doing what i know and dealing with this for the rest of my life then putting a new organ in my body and like i i don't know what the the given pay that was something that also came up this week oh god don't even get me started no they're gonna know Where someone, you know, we always talk about how we're different when you get type 1. Like, you change. You improve. Not every night. Things about you change. And if you haven't listened to the latest episode of Beta Cell, where I interview the great, amazing, incredible Dave Dave Holmes, he even talks about how he's better in some way because of this disease, because he's more mindful of what he does. And yes, it sucks that you can't just go and eat an entire pizza and a whole bag of chips and not think about it. You're always thinking about it. Like, I don't, I wish I could just eat half a pizza and not think about it at the back of my mind, how many carbs it is and did I give enough insulin? Did I give too much insulin? Should I have extended bolus that? Like, it, it ruins the whole experience. There's always that like... Mm-hmm what if, right, that you're thinking about. You never truly love the experience unless you're eating sugar-free Jello. And then you then you don't love it. Yeah, because then you're eating sugar-free Jello. So like, <laughs> <laughs> your life isn't terrible. But I will say I ate a ton of sugar-free Jello when I was first diagnosed. Did you? I was hungry all of the time. I think I did a lot of like sugar-free popsicles. I was so hungry all of the time because I had lost so much weight and they put me on a meal plan. So I could only eat so many calories. And so whenever I was hungry, I just ate sugar-free Jello. Mm. That was my Gross. go-to to just like fill my stomach. Um, so you can't truly ever 
enjoy like experiences like that or even like running. I love running. But somewhere in the back of your mind, there's always that. Uh, should I check my blood sugar right now? Uh, I could be going low. Do I have enough fruit snacks? Am I close enough to my car? Um, I feel like there's always that little like asterisk, right? Next to any moment you have of just diabetes. Right, like you were saying it being in the back of your mind. Right. And that makes me think about people who meditate. Oh, you know, you're supposed to like clear your entire head. I would like to hear from any type 1 diabetics who meditate. Are you able to get the diabetes part out of your head as well? That would make me really anxious. Because I feel like I could never, because I'm, I'm a very anxious person as it is. And I don't know if diabetes has something to do with that. It probably does. But if I ever thought about just like, like just now when you're talking about how you're always thinking about it, I was like, I would love to just be like driving up the coast of Malibu on PCH, listening to music and just like not a care in the world, not a thought in my head, just like, you know, loving, wind in my life. hair, yeah. loving this. But I, I, even if everything else is out of my head, it would still be like, what's your blood sugar right now? And I wonder if anyone is able to get that out. Like even like true, like I don't meditate. Just for a minute. Yeah. But like, do you, I mean, I mean, I know so many people meditate and I, I've tried, but it's like, can you just imagine sitting there and just like, like it's just. There'll be times I, <coughs> I feel like where I don't think about it and I come back and I'm like, oh, I wasn't checking my blood sugar. Now I'm high. I think if I'm, I think in like social events, I'm like, oh, I should have checked, but I think it was still in my head and I was just putting it off. But you had, a, you were, you were about to make a point. So even in myself, I can see how, I mean, it, I can't know what I would be like 30 years old without With diabetes, like what I would be like. Um, all I know is how I am. And I think I've turned out decent. We are like a neurotic breed, though. There, yeah. <laughs> I guess diabetes makes us neurotic. Yeah. But, you know, I – but not everyone's the same way. I exercise all the time. You don't exercise all the time. <laughs> uh, I eat healthy. There's some people who don't eat healthy. Um, it's not like having type 1 makes you – this amazing One way person. or another. Yeah. There's still a range of people. And I do Definitely. think there's not a not a trend, but there's like a I don't know, you can fall into the trap of thinking just like, oh, if you're this way, everyone with type one is this way. Well, and there's the people that But that gets to this point of okay, there's there's good qualities about myself that I do that I have because of type one. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, you have a nonprofit. You you know, you're empathetic. You do all these things. Without type one, maybe you'd still be doing that. Maybe it'd be something for something and else. Maybe, and I always think too. Well, I'm so cautious about my new like about knowing the nutrition about everything I'm eating and like my portions and keeping track. But without it, maybe I still would be. So like, I can't say just because I'm diabetic made me so health conscious. Like maybe I would be without it. So what we're getting to is the, what we're getting the people to is who say there are people that say I I'm not grateful. I've heard grateful, okay. and I think I've heard grateful too. And I've there I don't know been, if I how I feel about grateful. There have been people that say I'm okay. With I the wouldn't word be who I am without diabetes, which I understand. But then they say I wouldn't trade it for the world or for anything or for anything. In that, there's a lot of things I would trade it for. I would. If you want to take my diabetes for anything in the world, that thought, that idea is crazy to me. I wouldn't trade my diabetes for it. They wouldn't trade. If someone said you cannot have it and live a normal life, and be exactly who you are, because I think the assumption is that you are the person you are because of diabetes, and I don't think that's. A hundred percent true. It definitely plays a part. Yeah, in who it definitely you are. plays a part. But if you think of every single person with type one diabetes, there's such a spectrum of those people. It's right. not like we're not everyone all with strong and all fearless and all. You know what I mean? There are yeah. people that are in denial and that don't I mean, care just about what they're eating. Me, we are very different. We're so different with the way we treat ourselves. Yeah. 
that thought really um i don't know i treat my body like a temple i don't (laughs) so do i (laughs) look you wouldn't trade your diabetes for anything i i mean i don't want to come off As a terrible person, it's too late. but a I part of me kind of wants to be like, <laughs> and part of me wants to be like, I call bullshit, and maybe that's an easy way to, um, not deal with really processing it. With really processing what? <clears throat> the diabetes made you who you are. No, like, okay. Like oh, if you took I'm so grateful for diabetes. Be... I wouldn't trade it for anything. I'm glad I have it because I wouldn't have the friends I had with it. It's made it's it's made me a better person. A, it could it seems like when you say it that way, it makes it seem like a coping mechanism. No, that's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah. okay, if I recognize that I have this and I'm such a good person with it and I wouldn't want to not have it, then it might make dealing with having it for the rest of your life easier. Because I'm so great. Because of it. Which I am. For me, I want to be <laughs> – for me, I want to tell these people, like, you could be great without it. There's tons of great people who don't have type 1. Well, think – oh, my God. I can think yeah, of, like, I just, two off the top I of my head. I just don't get that thought. When I, I get – and we talk about this all the time too, Craig, where, oh, would we be friends with all the people without it? And it's like, no, we wouldn't have met in the circumstances that we met in. But if you and I met on the street, yes, we would be friends today. Like, there's no question about it in my mind. We're not friends yeah. because we have diabetes. There's no way. And even though we talk about diabetes a lot, yeah, that's not. We I think that's and just I think people think we talk about it. We have it, right? It's and no different than coworkers talking about work all the time. And I think people, I think the, the way that we most. talk about our relationship, people must think we like get together and only talk about diabetes. Like, no, Craig and I talk about our entire lives <laughs> every time we hang out, yeah. and most of that is diabetes. But there's a whole lot that isn't. And I, I guess, I'm asking people to reach out if you if you're one of those people that say you wouldn't trade this for anything. Like, I would love to hear your thoughts about this. Do some real soul searching. No, I'm not, like, trying to put anyone down. I just don't think that's true. (laughs) I think think what you're coming from. It's not. And it's because I know you well. I think your thought is you are more than your diabetes. Absolutely. And... When you say something I think like they're selling that, themselves it makes it short. seem like diabetes, diabetes made you who you are. And, and I diabetes think... isn't a choice. We're all given diabetes by Satan. some. Satan. <laughs> Satan gave you your diabetes. That, <laughs> that should be a good shirt. Di- Satan gave you diabetes. <laughs> Trademark. No one steal that. Um that thought about it's the same thought where but no, we make say, a lot of choices with how we deal with diabetes and what but, we do with that diabetes. You decided to start a nonprofit, and you we decided to start a nonprofit. What's well, not a nonprofit? Oh, yeah, yes, type it one is. One. I Craig, forgot about type one but one. there's a whole other way to look at this for like we all grow up in different circumstances. I had a not a good childhood, and you take what you're given and you work with it. I, I, I would never say I would wish my childhood upon anyone else so that they could grow so they could grow up faster like I had to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You Yes, we all have shit that we have to deal with and that makes us who we are. But of course, if, if I could choose the easy way out, I would. Would we, would we fix I wouldn't be like, I wish everyone had like one parent and they like one of their parents went to had to go away for their entire lives because they would be so much stronger. And then you got diabetes. And then I got diabetes. No, it was happened differently. I wouldn't feel like I wish someone got diabetes and their parent got taken away for eight years of their lives and then they're still dealing with it because you know what? They would be so strong and they wouldn't judge other people. If everyone had diabetes, would we have peace on earth? (laughs) (laughs) Everyone would be so worried about their blood sugars. No one would ever want to go to war. fight with each other. It's just like a weird concept. Like, yeah, we all have shit to deal with and then you deal with it and you don't. I would trade all of it. Like, I wouldn't be like, I wish my life didn't happen differently because then you and I wouldn't be sitting in front of each other right now. That would be a worse life, though, I think. For you. 
So you should be grateful <laughs> that diabetes. Well, you know, it's like that whole together. like, and I'm very much like, okay, like believe in the universe and like everything you do affects the next thing. The butterfly effect, they call it. Yeah, but like I'm not like that one word I said in third grade brought me to this chair <laughs> right here. And if right. I would have. Not quite butterfly. <laughs> You know, fact, yeah. I don't know. This episode's weird and depressing, and I don't so know. So what? Like I think the it's main kind of topic. not depressing. It's that, but it's like this is it for the rest depressing. of our lives. I think I wanted it to be depressing, but it's really about how we are more. We are more than this disease. Yeah, and you have to know that. Yeah. How long did it... I've Did you always know that? Yeah. But I think I grew up with a great support system around me. I'm not crying. I'm sick, so I just... <laughs> <laughs> She's bawling right now. One episode, I'll cry, brother. Yeah, and I can... See, I'm not saying every... Here's the other thing. Let me preface. I don't think everyone... Obviously, not everyone has the same mindset. Not everyone had a good support system. And that's why I started You're Just My Type is when I realized that, oh, my God, there are people that feel alone. I didn't feel that way, but there are people that do, and that's what I want to fix and change. So I know that there's, like, such a crazy scale of what everyone goes through with this. But I just hope people know that they can still be so great and health conscious and active and intelligent without diabetes or without like relying on type one to make you that way. Yeah. I mean, it's no different than like you were saying, like any other life experience. Right. It's anything. It's just my parents got divorced, so I had to grow up fast. Yeah. Yeah. But your parents getting divorced, you can't. It's not like that just changes, right? Things that happen, happen. Yeah, and then you... It's just with diabetes, we have to deal with that every every day. You can't, like, heal from it. Yeah, you can't heal from it. Yeah. yeah, Until there's a cure. Yeah. Five years, Craig. So I think that's... I don't know. It's a weird ending. But I guess that's just what I've been dealing with. It's hard. I think about it. I don't want to act like I don't think about it. I think when I my mind starts to go there, I, I distract myself. Because it can take you to a really dark place. Yeah. There's really no, I mean, even if you believe there's a cure, I, I don't know. Like for me, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. It's not like, oh, I'm working so it's hard. It's all darkness. It's not like I'm working so – I mean, diabetes-wise, it's not like I'm working so hard to have these good blood sugars because one day it'll be gone. It's more just like, what, you're working so hard so that you stay alive longer. You know what I mean? We're all working yeah. so hard. I guess Why it's, does, like, everything tie back into religion with me? It's like you're working so hard to go to heaven, but you're, like, you're still dead. <laughs> I guess it depends <laughs> on how you, how you look at heaven. In a weird childhood. Yeah. I guess forever that, and ever and forever and ever. I guess it's forever. I guess it's when you're having a hard time with diabetes. And maybe it's only because I've been having a lot of urgent lows that I can kind of explain, but I haven't really been able to stop. Well, what today you got so mad you're like I'm never correcting a low again. Because oh, you were yeah. 137, slight arrow up. I, it's. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, well, that was maybe an overreaction. But <laughs> I was I was like 59 with a slight down arrow. And I corrected. And then I just shut up. You know what I think? But it's not that. It's just, it's the relentless, the constant. It's like a nagging. Lows. The constant highs. It's not like you have a day and you're just like, well, that was great. That was a perfect day. I didn't think about diabetes once. All my carb counts were great, you know? That's impossible. Do you know what I I think? I've had good days, but it's not like those days didn't require work. Like, 
That's kind of maybe that's what it is. It's not even the bad like times. It's list. that it's always work. And you know like you were I, saying, driving up the I keep cutting you off. I'm sorry. That's okay. I keep cutting you off. Driving up the PCH, you know, in Malibu and just relaxing. Not a care in the world. Not a care in the world. There's always Except that diabetes. care in the world. <laughs> yeah. It's always that you can yeah, you can't. I be have careless. to deal with this forever. And I think part of it is thinking like and I guess this is when you're in a dark place and you think like, well, is that worth it? Mm. Like, like is all the if hard this, work. If this is my life forever, is that a life that you want to live? That you want to live? Yeah. And it's not really you. You have a choice. It's, hey, I've been there. You have been there. I've been there. Plenty. You know what I think gets me out of that place is having people like you in my life. I'm serious. No, I'm the one crying. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I think um, what I talk up most about doing what I do is the community that I found. And what I tell most of every newly diagnosed person that reaches out to me is I say, this is a really shitty fucking disease, but we have a really amazing group of people around us. And I don't know how it is for other people with other conditions, but... I think we're lucky in that aspect where if we are going to have to deal with this, we do get this amazing group of people. And I think you guys are what bring me out of that dark place. What is it that they do? I think it's just a very, I mean, I in my experience, we would do anything for each other. If I post anything about someone not even asking for anything. I get messages being like, well, does that person need something? Do they need friends? I get people saying like, I just moved to this city. Is there anyone I can help? Like, it's just a, I feel like uh, type one diabetics are just very, I think we know how hard it is. So it's always like, hey, I have extra supplies. Who can I give these to? I think it's a selfless community. Yeah. It's comforting. I mean, I was even going to do a post about when I fucked up my insulin this week. I didn't have the energy to do it, but I was like, this would be great. Because you were too busy making sure you weren't. Yeah, I was too busy making, keeping myself alive. But I knew if I posted it, everyone would just be like, I knew that I would get like an outpour of like, oh, I've done this before. And even just knowing that, and I didn't even have to do it. I'd be like, I was like, I could do this post and I know people would respond to me telling me that I'm going to be okay. And, like, just that thought alone, I was like, don't worry. But does the fact that other people are going through the same thing makes it make it better? Not necessarily, but to make me, fe- to make me fe- like, selfishly make me feel better in that moment, being like, okay, they've all done this and they're going to be okay, being that it was my first time making a mistake like this. Yeah. But I think the craziest part, too, yeah, I mean, we've ju- we just all get each other. I, I'm about to go on a tangent. But it's like when I post stories on You're Just My Type and it's ones where I'm so shocked to post where I'm like, oh, my God, this is like nothing I've ever heard before. I've never posted a story like this. Those are the ones where I get the most comments being like, oh, my God, I feel like someone's rewriting my own story. This is my exact life. I can't believe someone else has lived this. And that's where I'm like, damn, this it really is this crazy connection we all have. So does that make you feel better or does – does it ever make oh, like you it makes feel me feel sad that more people are going through it? Everyone is. No, going I've never thought about it. That awful thing together. Like even though we're together, no, I've never thought about it. Doesn't make it better. I like, think it makes it better for us. Things. I think we're just it all makes holding it... hands while we're doing it. Craig, I we're think walking it... through the I've never together. thought of it as like, oh, that sucks. That person so went through it too. That's just you know, and I'm sure maybe two other people. <laughs> everyone else who's listening. No, but it's like. Um, but I posted Devin's story, and she, her house had got taken away from Hurricane Katrina. And then she was, like, put in the hospital. And these, like, very specific events happened in her life. And all of these, like, I'm not kidding. Maybe six people said that that was their exact, that their exact life story, their exact diagnosis story. And I was just in complete and utter shock that this is the story. I thought this was going to be, like, oh, my God, I can't believe this happened. This was, like, mm-hmm. this exact thing happened to me. And it was just crazy that... But I think that's what brings us together. I'm going to end on that. Okay. Let's end. Do you have closing words? I guess 
I guess the closing words would be if you're having a hard time dealing with this. So are we. Send, send a DM <laughs> so to are you're just my type one. We have I have been in that and dark Laura place. will help you. It's not easy for me to talk about, but yes, have I thought about is this worth it? Yes, I've thought about that. I'm gonna leave it at that. And it is? Can't just say you've thought about it and leave us on a cliffhanger. I'm just saying, on the next not, episode of Out of Range. Is it worth it? That's how no, we'll get I'm just saying I, I have been one to think those thoughts about it. And yeah, right now it is. It's worth it. Yeah. I'm happy. I would trade diabetes for everything, <laughs> but I am happy. That's it for this week's episode. Out of Range is a production of Beta Cell and it's produced by me and Laura. Craig does all of our recording and editing. Subscribe to Beta Cell wherever you listen to podcasts to get Out of Range downloaded automatically to your phone every week. Love what we do? Support us on Patreon and we'll send you some swag. Get us, visit us at betacellpodcast.com forward slash supporters for more info. I'm Craig. I'm Laura. And this is Out of Range. Did I mess up? I got one word. The dreams in which I'm dying are the best I've ever had. I find it hard to tell you. I find it hard to take. When people run in circles, it's a very, very bad